Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up. 1019 AM1260, The Horn. Oh man, just keep an eye on the insiders. Speaking of insiders, one of the best in the industry. National recruiting analyst Mike Roach from 24-7 Sports will be with us. He covers Texas like no other. Also earlier we talked to Bobby Burton from On Texas Football. How about this, Rod, from our friend Justin Wells over at Inside Texas? Oh yeah. He just put out uh, a few minutes ago. St. Louis, Missouri, St. Louis University five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo hasn't sent in his LOI yet this morning because he's still asleep. You made it to the show. I told you. I said, I asked his father for the latest. He said, Texas is the only NLI we got. Yeah, we'll he slept in. It's all right, y'all. Man, you can sleep in. Do y'all, y'all remember how good it feels to sleep in? No, I haven't done it in a while. School's sleep, out. Sleeping in's awesome. School's out for a lot of people. Yeah, let the man relax. You want to get up, casually eat some brunch. Oh, he's got to sign the letter of intent today. He didn't have to, I mean, he didn't have to sign it in the morning. Well, that's true for a lot of I mean, I know. That all day. I think I think uh we'll have some brunch. Like my wife's the <laughs> dripping spring school district and there today's their last day. Half day for the kids. Yeah. But a lot of schools are already out. Uh, already done. So what am I going to get up for? Let the man chill, you know, casually do it. I already it. have go. my ceremony. Remember when he did the whole hat thing? Yeah, and I want to scroll Twitter and hang out, go have some, some lunch or some brunch, and then you'll sign his LOI when he signs it. it. Well, a- as of right now, the Longhorns have uh, – Freaking out. Yeah, people are freaking out. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's today. Well, you know, the coaches are freaking out. <laughs> that's true. It's, it's like Longhorn fans. This is what Longhorn fans are like. Since you call it like Christmas, they're like when, you, uh, when you're a little kid and you're unwrapping your gifts and you don't see the gift you've been asking for the whole – the whole year, and you're like, hold up, I only got one or two gifts left, and none of these gifts, kids all time. none of these gifts look like the gift that I've been asking for all year long. And you start panicking. You're like, oh man, I think I'm out of gifts, and they didn't get my Rolling Thunder. Where's my GI Joe Rolling Thunder, Dad? And he pulls it out from the bag. He's like, gotcha here, son. You're like, yeah, I love I you, Dad. I love kids. you. I used to do it because <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of the whole Christmas list thing. I had to learn that where you could. And it was well, why don't we just? What do we need a list for? So we know we're getting. We know exactly. You know what your kids want. They've been telling you all year. So I would always have to go. I Personally, I would go get something they didn't know was on their list for them. Mm-hmm. The list uh, is for Santa, though, kids. Kids, that's, that's for Santa. That's, that's correct. There's a list. Well, I'm talking get, about as my kids got older. Yes, as the kids get older, because Santa. Process. Exactly. We're talking about so Santa's still that I would, list. Yeah, then I would withhold yeah. one of them and make them <laughs> even all, even into the whole unwrapping process till they got down near the end and they so, still haven't got that one thing. Oh, it's panic in their eyes. They're like, and you and you keep, you keep asking them like, "You okay? You guys having a good time?" And they have to act like yeah. they're appreciative. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. I asked y'all for one damn thing. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. We <laughs> love y'all not you. listen to me. I've been tending tennis for six months. <laughs> hey, let's get to the Vaqueros hotline. We can pick up this conversation because this guy's very busy today. Uh, he is the national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike Roach is with us. Find him on Twitter at MikeRoach247. Hello, Mike. Good morning. Happy signing day. Happy signing day to you, fellas. Appreciate you Thanks doing it. Thanks for joining it. us, Mike. 
Hey, uh, Longhorn fans in a bit of a panic about Ryan Wingo, but uh, any thought, uh, any concern here with Ryan and the uh, Longhorns? Have, I think they've got 19 of their 22 commitments in, waiting on a couple from the West Coast, it looks like, with Brandon Baker uh, and maybe uh, the, the kid, Wilson, the safety. But uh, Wingo's not in. Any concern for you on that situation? Yeah, I think there's always concern until you have that signature. I mean, it's uh, well, Wingo's recruitment has, has been back and forth throughout the entire cycle. I know Missouri has always uh, kind of been a factor in that picture. I think Nebraska is trying to make a late push. So, you know, until you've got that paperwork signed, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, you can't feel totally good. You know, wide receivers are such divas. <laughs> I, I know that's coming from a DB like myself, Mike, but they are such divas. They just love the attention. Uh, but let me ask you about another diva wide receiver that likes the attention, uh, but he's certainly uh, one of the best uh, in the transfer portal, might be the best. Evan Stewart, what are your thoughts about Texas and uh, their approach to Evan Stewart being in the portal and the ties that exist between Texas and Evan Stewart? I mean, there are a lot of natural ties there. Texas was, you know, had him committed at one time, was a was a finalist for him. Uh, when he made his decision, I, it's tough because Evan is, has uh, really circled the wagons and tight when it comes to intel coming out of his camp. So, um, you know, you kind of go off what you hear from other people or, or talking to other people. I think Texas could be a factor if they decide, you know, they, they really want to push there. I think that uh, – Getting Matthew Golden obviously changes your math a little bit, but I mean Evan Stewart is the type of talent you want to go attract. If if you look at a guy that's, you know, probably the closest thing out there available to Xavier Worthy, um, and uh, I think was was kind of held back by Jim, Jimbo Fisher's offense at A&M. He's a guy that that could come in and be an instant contributor. Uh, quick note, uh, Santana Wilson, the safety from Arizona, has committed uh, officially now, so that's a done deal uh, as we keep you posted on this. Mike Roach is with us. Mike, of this class, uh, we know there's some five stars. What What is your overall uh, read of this class for Texas? So obviously, they targeted defensive back, really trying to bring in you know some more speed on the back end, more coverage on the back end. What really stands out for you about this 22-person class for 2024? Yeah, that's got to make Rod happy, right? Like, just sign yes. 22 DBs. <laughs> I think he'll he'll probably be happy. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it started out a little slow. I think that they've done a really good job rounding it out, adding some elite talent. They've done some some big things up front. When you look at getting a guy like Brandon Baker, you know, waiting on his signature. When you look at a late flip for Xavier Filsme, uh flipping Wardell Mack down the stretch. I mean, they've got some some impact players on the back end. What I really like about this class is they continue to kind of stockpile. At running back, I, I, I love the running back class. Um, apologies if anyone hears my nine-month-old in the background, by the way. <laughs> no problem. Um, we get got it. some lungs to her, yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> she does, she does. Um, yeah, I, I really love what Tashar Choice does in that running back room. He targeted Jarrett Gibson and Christian Clark out of the gates. And, you know, even back to when I was exclusively covering Texas on the beat, it felt like anybody Tashar Choice went after he would get and, and those were the guys he set out to go after early this year and so uh, I think it's a pretty well-rounded class and, and I, you know they continue the, the job Steve Sarkeesian's done to flip this roster and, and put together a playoff quality roster cannot be understated enough. Yeah, that's a good point there and let me ask you this uh, Mike because I know you do a lot of deep dives on these guys 
Who, in your opinion, is the um, underrated prospect? The under uh, who who is the kind of the under recruited prospect in this recruiting class for Texas? Not getting a lot of headlines, not getting a lot of attention, but you think they could be a really good player once they get into the uh, develop on the developmental track. I'm going to say Christian Clark. I mean, this is a guy that I think Texas viewed as one of the top running backs in the country, and he didn't have the best senior year, Um, and sometimes that's an indicator of, you know, he's not going to have the best college career. But I think if you also believe in buying when stock is low, this is a guy you want to buy on. He's kind of a a pretty geared-down version of of Bijan Robinson, not quite the, the Corvette that he was. Uh, but same running style, comes from the state of Arizona as well, and, and is a guy that I think under Kishar Choice could be a real big factor in this offense. What well, Speaking of offensive players, talking to Mike Rhodes, the senior recruiting uh, analyst there at 24-7 Sports. Hey, the, um, the tight end position, uh, such an important position for Sark. The only tight end in this class is Jordan Washington out of Cypress, uh, Texas there at Langham Creek. Uh, more of a basketball guy through high school, but became you know, picked up football. What's what's your thought on him, big picture? Why is he the only tight end in this class in your mind? I think he's a guy that um, when you're looking to replace the type of role Jatavian Sanders plays in the offense, you want a guy like like him. He's you know the, you mentioned the basketball background, but it's kind of what what tight ends have become. They're they're combo forwards, right? Who you, you throw the ball up to them, let them use their body like they're grabbing a rebound. And that's what this kid is. I mean, he has really risen over the last two years from a more than just, oh, he's an intriguing prospect to now. This kid's got some really high upside and, and really like what he put together in his senior season. He's going to have to, you know, put together some fundamentals when it comes to blocking and playing in the run game and things like that. But he is a field stretcher down the middle, which is, you know, when you look at what Steve Sarkeesian does in the offense, that they need that. Yes, really. I'm with you on that, too. I think he fell in love with the tight end position a little bit more uh, with J.T. Sanders, that five-star athlete. Uh, let me jump back to the, the defensive side of the ball here, uh, Mike, and I'll talk about uh, linebacker really quick. Talk about how the defensive backs they're bringing in. Uh, we know they address some of the edge rusher uh, position as well. Got Ume Azulu. They're bringing in uh, Colin Simmons. Uh, linebacker, they've only offered one linebacker in this class, I believe. and not, They brought in a lot of linebackers in the last class. Uh, what are your thoughts about the uh, Ty Anthony Smith, who uh, they some people are saying that he might flip. He may not. He's renouncing around 6 o'clock. Maybe it'll come earlier. Uh, any thoughts on that That commit, that uh, recruitment, I should say? Yeah, he's certainly on flip watch. Texas has been kind of on him the entire time. And when, when Jimbo Fisher was fired, you know, they really turned up the heat. It's been kind of a confusing recruitment for Ty Anthony, who would, you know, say one thing and show up somewhere else at times. But uh, I, he showed up in Austin last week. I was told – Hey, if, this, if we get this guy to campus, you know, I, I wouldn't bet against us at this point. Um, another guy who I thought had a really strong senior year at Jasper after uh, coming off a, a, an injury. and um, Yeah, I, I just think overall they signed such a big quality class last year. It just wasn't a huge need for them. You know, they've always – if you want to see them stack at, at certain positions, you've got you've to kind of rob from another position to be able to do that. And so – I think this year linebacker, the numbers just kind of dictated that linebacker was the position they'd take less at. Uh, Mike Roach is with us. Mike, we've seen uh, immediate impact to freshmen uh, for Steve Sarkeesian. He's not afraid to play a, a true true freshman like Xavier Worthy a couple of years ago. Obviously, Kelvin Banks this year, Anthony Hill and Manny Muhammad, and you know, really immediately onto the football field. Who are some guys in this class that, that do you feel, uh, especially the early enrollees, can have immediate impact on this football roster in 2024? 
Yeah, I'll point to the elite guys because those are the easiest ones to forecast to get on the field early, and I, and I think it starts with Colin Simmons. Uh, the Duncanville uh, defensive end, is he's going to have to add some weight at the next level, but just as natural a pass rusher as you can find, it's something that I thought Texas has really struggled with over the past couple of years is, is finding true pass rushers really over almost pretty much over the last decade. And, you know, he just gets to the quarterback. If you watch the state final game, he had three sacks and a, and a forced fumble. Um, this is a guy that they've got to figure out how to get on the field on third downs and uh, to get after opposing quarterbacks. And then um, Xavier Filsame, who I mentioned earlier, is just a big body athletic safety from McKinney, uh, flipped from Florida this week. This is a guy that I think when you look at Derek Williams, he's kind of in that same mold as like a rangy playmaker on the back end and a guy that can that can really do some damage. Here's a here's a, you know depending on how the interior O line plays out, here's an under the radar one for you. I really like Daniel Cruz out of Richland, who is I think you know a natural center and a guy that Texas targeted very early on. Um, not going to be the biggest rankings guy, but he is as nasty as they come on the interior. On the interior, and uh, I think he can make that transition to safety and, and or, I'm sorry to center and be successful. Yeah, I really like his film too. I've been talking about Daniel Cruz. I, I, I'm with you on that one, Mike. Hey, let me ask you real quick before we let you go about Alex January. Uh, a lot of people have been telling me that uh, this young man has a tremendous upside. He's a legacy, uh, but it's been overshadowed uh, a lot by Colin Simmons on that same D line. But I've, I've heard from numerous people that I trust their evaluation say he's got an upside that is probably as high as almost anybody in, in, in this class. Am I missing something with Alex January? What are your thoughts? You can't teach the size Alex January has, 6'4", 325, and you should watch him play baseball. He hits majestic home runs uh, at Duncanville. Uh, huh. he, he played on a defensive line that included Colin Simmons and then K.J. Ford, who's a, a top 100 player for us in the 2026 class. So, I mean, he was on a loaded defensive line. He had to handle all the interior double teams. And I thought really came along over the last year and a half, really – progressed when it came to I remember seeing him as a sophomore and think well I don't I don't know that he quite plays with the aggression I would like from an interior defensive lineman but he's really done a good job developing that part of his game um, has been a more disruptive force in the middle and has the size to come in and play right away I mean he he is ready to go so um, I, I I don't know upside wise if I'd put him with you know the Colin Simmons or the the Xavier Philsemies or guys like that but certainly a guy that I think is still scratching the surface on what he can be as a football player. During our conversation, the uh, the paperwork has come in for one Brandon Baker, the offensive tackle from Santa Ana, California, modern day high school. You mentioned you like Daniel Cruz and Orad does too. What about the other two O linemen? Brandon Baker's a five star. Nate Kibble from Humble. Uh, what are your What are your reads on the, the the big guys up front? Those two. Um, it's big humans, right? That's what yeah. Kyle Flood loves. <laughs> He has found him some more big humans, and uh, and I would guess if you guys saw the viral photo from from uh, state championships, Byron Washington is next on his target list, the <laughs> massive offensive tackle from Desoto in, in twenty five. Um, you know, these are guys. I, th- I thought Kibble was another one that had a better senior season. I, I wasn't as high on him going into the year, but I think he had a, a strong senior season. Those are interior guys with big bodies, hard to move out of the middle. And they've had a lot of success with those guys. I think Kyle Flood has done a tremendous job, not only assembling talent in that room, but developing it. And then when you look at Brandon Baker, this is a guy that is 
I mean, first round pick tackle uh, ability. And so he's got to put it together um, and, and do all the things he needs to do at the college level to, to get to that projection. But as far as, as tools, uh, you know, there aren't many in the country better than him. Hey, last thing I have for you, uh, Mike. Mike Roach with us 24-7. The quarterback commitment. We've been used to these uh, kind of celebrity quarterbacks with Quinn Ewers uh, was kind of a national name, obviously Arch Manning. Uh, but this year it's the kid from Cy Fair uh, who doesn't come with all the, the hype. But Trey Owens, why did they target him early and uh, what, what do you like about him? I think they love the tools. This is a staff that, that looks at traits and they value traits and when you see a big frame and a big arm like his, you know, it's, it's not Arch Manning, it's not Quinn Ewers, but it's a guy you can develop. And um, I think he's kind of the perfect take coming after Arch Manning. You weren't probably going to go out there and go get a fi- another five-star quarterback, uh, which is the way quarterbacks are these days. So I think you, you get a guy like him. And, you know, the funny thing about Trey is I think he's got probably the best competitive energy of, of a quarterback I've been around in the last couple of years. When you – talk to him it's not like yeah i know i'm the career backup coming in after arch he's like i I know everybody thinks that but i'm coming to to compete and uh you know i think there's a little if you you want to kind of parallel it to sark's alabama room i think there's a little mac jones in there and uh when you talk about a guy that i mean he just he he loves to compete if he throws an interception he'll forget it quickly he's back out there on the next drive and a guy that really came along again big senior season uh, was elevated to four stars recently because of it, and I, I think is is a guy a perfect, you know, developmental quarterback for Steve Sarkeesian. Okay. And, and we'll we'll stuff. push Arch Manning with the competitive side as well eventually, and Quinn Ewers obviously this year. Hey, uh, Mike, that's great stuff. We know you're busy today. It's uh, Christmas Day for you guys. Thanks so much for a few minutes uh, for our audience to get your expertise uh, on what you're seeing in the, in this class. Thanks, Mike. All right, I appreciate it. you guys. Have a good one. You All too, right, man. there he is, Mike Roach. That's uh, good stuff right there. Yeah, Mike's awesome. Yeah, I mean, with with, with uh, I love what he just said about Trey Owens. I mean, six five can rip it, uh, athletic, but man, he's not going to back down. I mean, that's what you want. And yeah. you, so you 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 keep talking about it. We keep talking about it. every player. Sark is at this point now where they're recruiting traits. Uh, the uncoachables run. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, it seems obvious, but not everybody does it. No. Um, you know, if I'm looking for a quarterback who's going to follow Arch Manning, right? I, I'm not getting a five-star. I'm not no. going to go get some because – You can't keep packing him in that room. He's just going to keep leaving. And remember, when yeah, Trey Owens was the pick, he was a three-star. Yeah. And But they saw the trait of competitiveness. Yeah. They saw the trait of, ac- trait of accuracy. Yeah. Uh, and someone who will work like hell. That's the kind of guy you want to develop because, you know, Arch Manning may only be here two more years. Right? Yeah. But you also want a guy that's going to come in not afraid to compete against Arch who actually wants to beat out Arch <laughs> – and remember, the first thing I said, we started talking about Trey Owens, he's got that competitive sickness. Um, Sark says the first thing he looks for in quarterbacks, competitiveness. Second thing he looks for, leadership. Yeah. This is a guy that led a, led a team to a win over Katie, upset a win over Katie in the playoffs. Trust me, as a guy who used to play Katie in the playoffs um, and upset him once, that ain't easy to do. You need, you need a lot of great leadership on that team. And he's the best offensive player in the city of Houston. Yeah. which is the fifth uh, most fertile uh, ground for producing NFL talent in the country. And this guy's the best offensive player there. He's got talent. He's also got a really beautiful deep ball. His deep ball is probably better than Quinn's uh, right now. It's, it's really good. He got great uh, touch on the football. And I think having that competitiveness, if you're going to bring in somebody that's going to compete with Arch Manning, now will he beat Arch Manning? Probably not. But you're going to want somebody to push him. 
And you can't have somebody pushing him who's admiring him the whole damn time and who's in awe of him the whole time. And trust me, that won't be Trey Owens. Well, and this, this, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think you give credit to Sark that he can identify quarterbacks. But, again, this was one that was kind of under the radar. And, and now everything you just said about him, he went out and did as a senior. Like he yes, blew he up. just did that. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, okay, uh, Sark can evaluate. He's J.J. Milwee. Uh, okay, yeah, and, and so let's, let, and that's, that's good projection of what this kid's going to be. And now he's part of this class 22. So it's 20 in now, Rod, 20 in with Brandon Baker. You can play the sounder there, Ty. We got one oh, more. We got the, another and another and one. And another one. The Brandon Baker paperwork is in. And I think at this point they email it through DocuSign is how they do the uh, yes. official letters so now. So no more fax machines. The only two remaining, uh, Brian Wingo uh, and Aaron Hampton. And we were told early this morning from uh, – Hey, it's all right. That uh, the Wingo? Aaron Hampton thing could be yeah. pending. So we'll see where that goes. We'll come back. By the way, we're going to hear from Nick Shuley. We'll also hear from Sark. Uh, he talked to the Longhorn Network this morning about the recruiting class as it stands now. Hey. We'll hear that coming up. Uh, but coming next, Nick Shuley with the set list ATX as well on a national signing day. His thoughts on this signing class as well because he's kind of like Christmas Day for him too. He's a fan like all of us. It took him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, it is uh, time for Setlist ATX on a Wednesday, the best live music. We'll get a quick one with Nick Shuley because it's also National Signing Day. Oh, Can we yeah. try this, Rod? I think I have Jimmy rig this thing to be able to play Steve Sarkeesian. Okay, here we go. I don't have to explain how we're doing it. But Steve Sarkeesian uh, came out from the war room, the Texas recruiting war room, and had a conversation with our friend Alex Loeb from Longhorn Network just moments ago. Longhorns have 20 of their 22 commitments in the bag. Let's hear how this sounded uh, just a little bit ago over on the 40 acres. Oops. Oh, uh-oh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That does not sound right. All right. It was a good try. All right. We tried. In theory. All right. It didn't work. So All there right. we go. We tried. <laughs> we tried. You know what I mean? We're trying our best to bring you guys as much coverage of recruiting as we can. Hey, I'll see if I can, sure I'll see if I can find it. Here, here, no, just wait for it. Yeah, my man Patrick Davis, I guarantee you, on Sports Well, there's Complex, a news conference today. Yes, he'll have sound and audio from Sark. I guarantee you. Patrick's working hard on that. Yeah. We're trying to do it real time, like real headset. time as it's happening. That should have worked. That headset must not work or something. I think I you're know. right about that. I think they're short in the headset. I think that's what I think it is. It's a short in Yeah, like that's one that's our third yeah. headset that we aren't using. So yeah. I'm going to blame the headset. Okay, so uh, Sark <laughs> did speak. He's smiling. He's got 20 of his 22 in. We're waiting on Damn Ryan right, Wingo and Aaron Hampton. And the Wingo one has everybody freaked out because, uh, you know, he was supposed to come in early. But his, his father apparently told Justin Wells of Inside Texas that he's sleeping. He slept in. His school's out. So, mm. you know. The man does, hey, the man needs his rest. Yeah, right. I'd be sleeping in too. Yeah, exactly. Think about that. I mean, I'm I'm 50 years old now, Rod. But I mean, can you? Then Nick Shuley joins us now with Setlist ATX. Hey, what's up, Nick? What's up, Nick? What's up? Uh, can, can you imagine being a 17 year old kid and you got this whole 
Longhorn Nation waiting on you to wake up and send a piece, send an email. That's probably why he's doing it because yeah. y'all are sitting there waiting with bated breath. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of us grown men freaking out about what uh like eighteen year old high schoolers are doing right now. <laughs> hey, I'm, I, it's hilarious to me, but it, it's true. But you know, he'll wake up and there'll be all these text messages that he's gotten going. Hey, man, what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh yeah, people panicking. What do you mean, what's wrong? Freaking out, he's like, I'm just trying to sleep here. Phone blowing up. He, probably, he had to turn off his phone or put it on silent. He had Hell to. Yeah. There's no way he would have been able to sleep through all those texts. I, I do like how relaxed he is, though. Just he's just like, yeah, whatever. It's just another day. <laughs> I know. That means he, hey, man, that means, that means I have the clutch gene. You know? yeah, he's, that means call, he's, he's cool, dude. calm, and collected. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. said it, Rod. You, the, the receivers are divas, you know what I mean? So he, he, he likes his attention. He's a little diva. He likes it. You know what? He, he, didn't, he didn't do a, you know, I, mean, I think he did do a little swap stuff. Did he do a little hat swap at his announcement? Committed, uh, did he do a little hat swap or yeah, a T-shirt yeah. swap or something? Okay. I will say that he, he surprised a lot of people because a lot of people thought that day was going to be Missouri. And uh, he kind of let it out there. there was, and then it picked Texas. Memory pick Texas. Yeah, I know Missouri's making some. This is a top ten program now. They're, I mean, they're, they're playing some ball. <laughs> yeah, Eli Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz. The drink. <laughs> the drink. <laughs> the drink. The drink. That's like uh, Neto's brother, um, Umi. 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 Oh yeah. Zulu, but his nickname is Zoo. I like that. That's a that's a cool nickname. I wish I had a cool nickname with that. Zoo. Zoo. What's up, Zoo? <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, all right. Uh, so you know, obviously with with signing day, are you uh, you're eager with this too, Nick? Because you're going to be working with some of these guys, I would imagine, in the NIL space when they roll in here and. Uh, working with Clark Clarkfield Creative, and it's good to get to know these young guys. Yeah, no, I'm excited. It seems like seems like a pretty good class coming in, and you know, that's I think that's one of the cool parts about this is getting to know all these all these guys and girls as humans, and uh, you know, find out like you know who they are and their personalities and stuff like that. I think it's it's a uh, it's pretty cool. So it's exciting, and I mean, they've done a great job. And and uh, I, I will mention the, the one of. Uh, the recruits that I'm super excited about that I don't know if uh, it's officially signed yet, but I'm very excited about. I saw this uh, about Whitney Lowenstein on the the volleyball yes. team. She just transferred from Nebraska to Texas, which yeah. just warms my heart after that little <laughs> speech that we saw on the air by the uh, Nebraska coach. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I don't know if she's signed yet, but I saw it on Twitter she was transferring. I saw that too. Yeah, made Whitney. me laugh pretty hard. <laughs> no, that is fantastic. And I, like I said, that coach might not have been talking to us guys he might have been there might have been a, a kind of a sub a little message a subliminal message to his boosters and the donors that hey maybe we need to up our nil transfer portal activities yeah um, he, because I, texas is on a different level he was pretty dejected in that and you don't usually i mean look it is the national championship and they just lost but like i mean it it, it that was a absolute destruction you just don't see that at that level in the championship game it was you know it, it reminded a lot of people, I think, of the uh, the the NCAA football championship game last year because it was just abs. I mean, the yeah. first the first part was super competitive. The first uh, set was, and then it was just. I mean, you were like twenty five eleven. That just doesn't happen. But anyway, I know no one wants to talk about volleyball, but I'm still excited about it. So. Hey, <laughs> no, that was awesome. Back to back national well, champions, cool. man. Hey, listen. I mean, I think they they they, they had their celebration on Sunday night with the uh, tower lit, which was really mm -hmm. awesome and good for those young ladies. But uh, absolutely, back to back national champions. You talk oh, about all you want. Yeah, you could be a Quidditch back-to-back -back national champion. You deserve some some run. Yeah, couldn't be a better group of humans. I actually we we uh, irresponsibly took my uh, seven-year-old niece down there to to the ceremony, but uh, it, it took. They were about forty-five minutes later than they sh than they should have been, so we ended up taking her taking her home beforehand. But got some nice pictures of her in front of the tower. But That's it's awesome. like it, not a better. You will not find a better group of folks than that team and you know we see it every time on these teams like when when they preach about culture and 
being family and winning for each other, that team's all about that, much like our football team, much like our basketball team last year and hopefully where we're going this year in basketball. And it's, it's showing, right? We're building things the correct way at Texas, and I love that. That's a great point. Hey, speaking of Clark Field and NIL, I was talking to my wife last night because I saw a feature on Colin Simmons, the five-star from Duncanville. Valley Sports did a really nice thing on him during the state tam- oh, championship. About his brother? Yeah, about how his brother that. has autism. He's got like a five- or six-year-old brother with autism who he's very, very close with, mm-hmm. and he took on recruiting visits. And this is kind of a cool example to use, uh, Nick, where you can explain how you know the NIL and these things can be involved. Because he said in the pace that he wants to help. He wants to help other kids, you know, people and families with autism, autism kids and my wife's like well we need to get him we need to get him <laughs> to come help us exactly and right. so these things are now possible right I mean she if he wanted to get involved in some activities that she's a part of or AISD you know he can absolutely do that and that's such a great you know benefit for, for this young man's development and for the community that someone like that who's going to be a big star at Texas wants to get involved and help kids with autism and families with kids with autism no that's huge and I and I love that and I, I actually hadn't heard that and so definitely want to connect with that I know um yeah, the the team that just crushed the Cowboys has a uh, an offensive lineman, uh, Mitch Morris, who went to St. Michael's, and he had a very similar situation with his little brother. And it's one of the coolest stories. And there might be something cool we could connect up there too. And uh, yeah, I love that. I, I just think, and that's what's so great about these kids. Like we forget, right? We all just think about every, every everyone as a, a player in their perspective sport in their respective sport, as opposed to. You know, there's humans with stories and things they care about and things they love and all these things and how, and how can we connect that? And I think those are the those are the you know partnerships and whether it's with a charity or with a brand that really really work when the stories are natural, right? And it's actually something you believe in, not just you know oh I got to post six times about this random thing, whatever. You know, and it's more of like hey, this is super important to me. This is my cause, and that's what gets people excited. And I, you know, I think that's that's great to to hear that he's got you know something something amazing like that. Nick, I'm going to send you that story because I, I, I think I got it on the phone. Yeah, I'll send, send it, and then you and yeah. I'll talk because I, I know people who know people who could use his help <laughs> yes. uh, with, with causes, uh, without a doubt. Hey, so, uh, Nick, the live music, there is some this weekend, and it's one of those weekends, <laughs> you know, you don't want to you know, diminish from national like This is a big weekend as far as family in town and you know, it's Christmas weekend, but that's not till Monday. So if you do have family coming in town and uh, you got some downtime, you want to get out and see some live music, where are the, uh, where are the great shows? Yeah, it's, I mean, definitely a light week, and I'll make these fast because I know people want to get back to talking about signing day. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there is, there's some great stuff, and, and there's always some, some shows that are kind of reoccurring shows every year that are good ones to go check out. So we'll, we'll walk through that. Uh, yeah, there's uh, at the Armadillo Christmas Bazaar tonight, uh, Sir Woman, who's uh, one of my favorite Austin acts, Jeff Blankenhorn and some others will be playing over at the Palmer Event Center. And then over at Mohawk, a uh, kind of indie group I really like from Austin called The Episodes, and I didn't know how to describe them, so I pulled it from their bio because it's so good. They say, they call themselves a decent band from central Massachusetts based in Austin, which I love that description <laughs> of themselves. Uh, most people are always like, greatest band taking over the world, but they they, they don't care to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thursday, the one of the biggest acapella groups in the world, Pentatonics, will be at Moody Center, and I believe that's a holiday show. Um, and then one of the top up-and-coming guitarists in Austin, Zach Person, he's fantastic. If you want to take somebody out to see something that's very Austin, this would be a great one, and he's playing the parish. He's a phenomenal young artist. You'll start to hear more about him in the next few years. Zach Person. Yep. And then right. another another good uh, country artist, John Bauman, will be playing at Antone's, as well as over at the Armadillo Christmas Bazaar, Kelly Willis, Susanna Chaffel, Kalu, and 
and uh, his band will all be over at the Palmer Event Center, so that's a good one. And then uh, things really start to heat up Friday, and all. Uh, this there's a band, a really good band called the Mammoths playing at Antones, and uh, they have quite the opposite bio. I will let because uh, Ty actually knows these guys. I'll let him uh, the give Mammoths the description of them. Yeah, so the mam that the song you heard coming into the segment was actually the Mammoths. Um, I've been seeing them for years. They're awesome. They describe themselves as a, fu- a fusion of '70s inspired psychedelia with a biting, petrified rock and roll. <laughs> a little Biting, different than a decent band. <laughs> they're great. And what well, are they playing again? That, I'm so going to. I'll, I will be there. Yeah, they're at, at Antones. Antones that'll be a great show. And then, I want to go to Antones the next night because it looks like Soul Hat's going to be there. Are you kidding me? Come oh, on yeah. That, that's a big one, too. Uh, and, and so on on Friday as well, we got Tomar and the FCs and Como Las Movies to uh, more great local acts at the Armadillo Christmas Bazaar. And then uh, uh, Austin Staple Del Castillo will be playing the Saxon Pub. And then over at Green Hall, uh, Cody Canada and then the, De- the Departed will be playing over there, which would be a great one. And then lastly, this is my pick. If you got family in town, you want to take them to something really good. I know I harp on this all the time, but Rob Baird will be at the Saxon Pub, and that it's probably the last time to see them see him there for quite a while. He's definitely uh, gotten quite a bit bigger, so that's one to pop into, and we'll have some tickets to give away to that. Thanks to Joe Abels and the Saxon folks. Cool. Uh, so that's the Saturday night show there. Or excuse me, Friday night show for Del Castillo. What about Saturday? I mentioned Soul Hat with Ghost Wolves at Antones. Soul Hat's one of my favorite bands when I was in college and in the 90s. What a great local band that, are, that have gotten back together and are playing again. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I love, love Soul Hat. Grew up listening to them, and they're phenomenal. This band that's opening, though, are actually managed by a buddy of mine, and I, I'm very familiar with them. So they're, they're called Ghost Wolves, and they're actually signed to Third Man Records, which is Jack's White label, Jack White's label. So you can imagine they're a pretty talented band. So definitely one to go check out, get there early, and make sure you see the, see the Ghost Wolves as well. Uh, and then uh, over at Continental, some staples, the Peterson Brothers. And at a, a place called the 13th Floor will be one of my favorite uh, Austin artists, DZ Brown, will be playing there. It's good hip-hop from Austin. And then over at Buck's Backyard in my neck of the woods, Kyle Park will be playing, a good country musician. And then at Saxon, another cool show, which is uh, AJ Vallejo's birthday celebration. So he gets a lot of really good people to kind of pop up and play that. It's definitely worth checking out. And then uh, at later that night, uh, Jang, I believe later, it might be earlier, Django Walker will be at the Saxon Pub uh, for, for all you fans. Saxon on Saturday, the place it's, to be. It's popping. And then uh, over at Green Hall, Kevin Fowler's doing his Deck the Dance Hall show, which uh, which will be a great, I'm sure, a great Christmas uh, show or holiday show, sorry. And then on Sunday, John Blondell and the Jazz Orphans will be playing at the Elephant Room. So that night, it's funny, Christmas Eve is like one of the quietest nights in in music. So there's not a ton going on. Most of the venues are closed that day. Uh, And then some of them close Christmas, but uh, there is a really good, on Christmas Day, Dale Watson's annual Christmas show and dance will be over at the Continental Club, a good good one to take people to. How about that, Rod? On Christmas Day, you get tired of the family. Let's just go down to the Continental (laughs) and see Dale Watson and do the Christmas show. Skip the movie. You know, go. (laughs) Skip the movie. (laughs) Well, you've got to do it after the Niners play the Ravens on Sunday, on Monday Night Football. I'm right about that. Then you can get out there and see Dale Watson. Probably, probably do both. Yeah. Uh, all right, three shows for Tuesday, which will be the day after Christmas. Yeah, we got Mitch Mitch Watkins Trio at Elephant Room, another great spot to take people, an awesome jazz club if you haven't been there. James Spear and Grooveline Horns will be over at Sea Boys. And then uh, an always uh, Austin Classic, James McMurtry, will be over at the Continental Club. 
And there it is. So, so if you're looking to get out and see some live music, that's your roadmap right there. We'll post that up to our website at hornfm.com. So we've got a text in that says the Parker Jazz Club has a wonderful lineup of Christmas music shows all week. So that's a good one. Parker is uh, Parker Jazz Club, really a cool spot oh, right awesome there. What is spot. it, on Fifth Street? Uh, go down. It's kind of downstairs, kind of a basement feel, which is a really cool room to check out music at the Parker Jazz Club. Uh, Nick, thanks, my friend. That's good stuff right there. Thank and, you. Uh, we always appreciate it. And uh, I believe you're traveling for the holidays. Is that is that accurate? Oh, no, no. I'm here, man. I, I got all my immediate family here, so we're hanging out. I might, might uh, take a quick jump to New Orleans, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, exactly. hey now. Hey now. <laughs> all right, brother. Appreciate you. As always, it's uh, Nick Shuley, the president of the Austin Music Movement, also uh, heavily involved with that, uh, one of the founders of the Clark Field Creative and uh, working with Texas One Fund. Uh, knows everybody in the world, and we appreciate yes, him. Does. Hey, how's the uh, Brotherhood podcast and the Third and Longhorn podcast that you're doing? Rod's a part of that. Yes, sir. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, where can find, folks find, find those? Yeah, no, we, uh, you can find them. They're, they're both on YouTube, but uh, they're, uh, we're working on building out our, our web presence. It kind of took off a little faster than we expected. So uh, Brotherhood will have its own page, but you can, you can find it on, uh, on your Instagrams and Twitters, et cetera. And then Third and Longhorn, yeah, uh, Rod's a big part of that, and he's – phenomenal on that and that thing's kind of, that thing kind of caught fire and uh we actually just put out uh, an episode this morning you know just because there's nothing going on in the football world but uh we have we have too much uh too much good stuff to release before new year's so we wanted to put it out but there's a great interview with deandre moore who is just an Ooh. absolutely incredible kid and when you watch nice. that interview you see why everyone is so obsessed with him as a human being but also i mean obviously he's a great football player but that guy is an absolute rock star of a human being and just one of those people you can tell was raised right okay and he's the nice. one that used some nil funds that he's gained to buy his parents a food truck yeah his family a food truck Ooh. right yeah, his whole family moved achiever, down here. Huh? yeah he's oh, wow. he's a, he's a stud all right, buddy. That's hey, great. Thank you, Nick. Uh, up, Nick. Merry Christmas, my friend. Happy holidays. Y'all too. Days, bro. All right, man. There's Nick Shuley every Wednesday at 930, even on National Signing Day, because you know you need it. The Longhorns uh, with 20 of their 22 commitments in the books, and Sark will be talking about it at 330. The Ryan Wingo conversation will be ongoing, and the Aaron Hampton story. There's also the other side of that, which is the Jasper linebacker, Ty Anthony Smith-Rod. Longhorns are trying to flip him. Uh, as well as a couple of others. So we will f- keep you locked in all day long. Coming back, can we play a little round of Who Said That, Rod? Who Said That? Who Said It next. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the horn. Ooh, and they saying that. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Hey, if you missed uh, conversation this morning, Bobby Burton. Mike Roach, all everything you need to know about the uh, the inside scoop for the Longhorns recruiting class of 20 and 24. Uh, you're going to get it coming up in our fabulous fifth hour with the insiders, and they're in the know. Also, uh, Longhorns sitting at 20 of their 22 commitments right now, waiting on Ryan Wingo and waiting on Aaron Hampton. We'll keep you posted on that. You'll hear deep dive thoughts on all those guys coming up. Uh, Rod, it's time for Who Said That? And Who speaking said of that? that, I was just watching some Longhorn Network coverage during the break, and they were talking to Jeff Banks. Oh, he's great. He needs to be head coach sooner rather than later. Sooner than later. He's talking yeah. about the culture and what they look for on the recruiting trail, and it's, it's important great. to them. And, but also said, uh, you know, when we get through with these next two games, which we're talking in two games. Two games. They're talking yeah. about two games. Two games. Get your mind right. Get and and Alex Loeb said, oh, I like how you're saying two games. He goes, two no, games. no, we got two left. You plan for success, people. Don't ever plan for failure. Plan that's, for success. That's right. Yeah. When we get through these next two games. Be ready for failure, but plan for We success. look forward to them coming on joining our team. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, two-game two plan. 
I love it. No, like they they got it. I mean, they have as good a chance as anybody. I mean, that's why they're in it. What they look for. All right, sure. so let, can, let's play some who said that, right? Who said that? All right, I want to play this for you first. This is, we don't usually do this in who said, but it's a highlight you need to hear. Then I've got some sound for you. So let's hear the highlight from last night. You had to stay up really late to see this, uh, this highlight because it was a late West Coast game on, uh, on ESPN. No, Paul gathers it in. Pocket three. Curry three. Oh. There it was. It was Steph Curry with a rainbow of a yeah. three-pointer. They beat the Celtics in overtime, 133-130. Great basketball game. Afterwards, uh, who said this, Rod B? I'm wondering, is it time to start putting him as the best player of all time? Best player? I'm say, oh, you put him over you? In, in, in the conversation. I'm asking you. Yes. You put him over you. Okay. You yourself Way put better. Steph Curry yes. over you. Yeah, that, this is why he's my favorite player. Cause I'm not saying favorite. Played, he might be my favorite too. But I'm just asking you I think played, he's better than you. I played 20 years, watched 20 years before that. I've never seen a guy like him. And he's doing it consistently. And he has championships. You put him Maybe over Michael. Time. No, I, no, I'm not putting him anywhere. I'm saying, okay. you know, for all the children, Charlie, is it time to just put him in the conversation? I think, I, so he's just saying he's better than him. Shaq said he's better in than him. Like, it, it, it's, it's an honor to me to be talked about as among the best players of all time. And I think there's no doubt about Steph Curry. Yeah. Is anybody, he's not Jordan, but at the same time. He's the greatest shot maker in NBA history. It's a, it's a pretty short list beyond Michael Jordan. I will say that. I mean, he's the greatest shot maker in NBA history. And I think most of basketball is making shots. <laughs> well, there are very few players or you know, innovators in, in the world, right, that change the world. Come on, man. Uh, very few of those. He changed the game. He, he changed did. the game. His shooting ability and his ability to stretch a defense and open things up and have to cover a guy 30, 40 feet away, that changed the game. Yeah. I don't, understand. I don't even know why this is a debate. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt he should be in that conversation now. Mount Rushmore's, that kind of stuff, different conversations. But that's what I love, Shaq. Cause it, he that, should that, be in it. Yeah. And they're like, are we going to start talking about him as the best? Well, better than you, yes. <laughs> yeah. Better than Michael? No, not better than Michael. Well, then what are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> then what, then yeah, we all agree he's really good, but he's not MJ. He's not going to be better than MJ. And he's not going to surpass LeBron either, which you can argue he has his You can legs. argue that, what you, yes. that, that could be the argument. That could that be the argument. He's the best player of this generation. Yes. Better than LeBron. You want to argue that he's better than LeBron? I know, I know where Ty would be on that argument. <laughs> I, honestly, yes, I'm saying. Like, it, it would be a really good debate. I don't know if there's a wrong answer. I don't know if either side's wrong there. Yeah, no, it's – Steph's amazing, and he's he had a big shot last night and still doing it. Of course, they got the Draymond Green issue lingering and you what they're going to be big picture. Change the game, but also kids all want to shoot like Steph, and none of them are Steph. They don't want to work as hard as Steph to perfect their shot, but they all want to shoot like Steph. So in a sense, yes, he did change the game, but in a sense, ruined a lot of young people's well, development. Listen, Rod, you and I, when, when, our, <laughs> when our Houston Rockets were winning championships, was the ugliest brand of basketball ever because no one could shoot. Nobody could shoot. Yeah, exactly. John Starks. <laughs> I think the game is prettier now than it was then. That no, was it like, is pretty. I'm, like talking about, I'm talking about young people. It's, it's like I get it. it. I call it the sports center effect. They, everybody wants sports center highlights. It's why there's no, uh, it's no more mid-range jumpers anymore. That's why in football you can't tackle anymore because tackling ain't the same thing as hitting. No. Hitting makes sports center. Tackling doesn't because right tackling is boring. Mid-range jumpers are boring. So I'm just talking about there are some shots, some fundamentals that are considered boring. Every little kid just wants to be stiff and shoot from half court oh, you're right about that. and make the shots. And well, back in our day growing up, it was about dunks because it was a dunk contest. Yes, was exactly. Yeah, why yeah. no one learned to shoot. Nobody wanted to learn to shoot. Yeah, exactly. Like all, you said, our whole nobody basketball was team was walking around in those platform shoes trying to grow their calves so they could dunk. 
<laughs> I remember those. That's what uh, Jimmy was wearing on the Seinfeld episode. We, Jimmy, weren't, hey. we weren't shooting. We were trying to dunk. Yeah, it was a, this is a different game. So we okay. cha- definitely changed the game, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a different game. All right, uh, Ty, I sent you a couple. You can dial them up. Who said that? Well, like I, I, you know, I'm probably a broken record when I say this, but there's a way to win every game. And, you know, um, the other coaches get paid too, right? And so, you know, we – we think we have an idea going into the game about, hey, how we think this is how they might play it or, you know, this is how we think our guys are going to respond to something. And then, you know, sometimes we get that, sometimes we don't. It's, you know, it's critical that, you know, we we find that, you know, whatever that is that that is working or try to continue to, um, to try to find whatever that is if it's not. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think last night was just uh, a product of, you know, I don't think anybody envisioned being able to have that much success. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I knew that going into the game, but I felt confident in the guys up front. I felt confident we'd be able to run the football and, um, you know, it wasn't broken. So why try to fix it? And, um, you know, I was proud of the way that the guys responded and kind of how they played and, you know, they didn't blink. They were like, do it again. And uh, just seeing our receivers and our tight ends, you know, uh, even Josh, just uh, the way that they were playing, knowing that the pass game wasn't the emphasis. Uh, it was a lot of fun, to, a lot of fun to see. That's Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Joe Brady cooked the Cowboys last yeah. week. Saying, hey, man, we came in with a decent game plan. We know it worked that well. <laughs> so we just said, kept going. were surprised how easy it was. Yeah, they re- that's basically what he's saying. He's like, we were actually surprised that they didn't make a really good adjustment. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, no, there man. Now let's hope it's tougher for the Miami Dolphins this week or they'll give up That'll 70 be. points because the Dolphins can hang a number on you. Damn right. Good stuff right there. All right, uh, we'll come back. The fabulous fifth hour, all the recruiting you can handle. Ty's going to lead you through it. We'll also get some what's popping before the end of the hour as well. Uh, Great stuff as we roll forward. The fabulous fifth hour coming next. Remember, Steve Sarkeesian News Conference at 3.30 today. We can't air it for you, but Patrick and the crew will be talking about it and have highlights immediately following the news conference during uh, Sports Complex from 4 to 6. So everybody have a wonderful a recruiting national signing day. Yes, sir. Fabulous fifth hour coming next on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. 1019 AM 1260 streaming on the Horn app and always at hornfm.com.